Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Let's open this thing up, and David, I'm interested on this because you're the one who's kind of following this stuff for us, tracking it for us, and they do all these projections. Who's it? Joe Lenardi, right? He's the big guy who comes in here and puts together the the 68 team bracket, and he's doing this thing, you know, every week from about December on, uh, and he's you know kind of the, the 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 go-to on this. But they project all the teams and all the one bid leagues. They kind of slot them all in there and, 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 you know, just shoot them up there kind of wherever. I don't know if it's clear, but right now, you know, early in the year, this was so funny. Sacramento State was the team. You remember this like a month into the season that was the pick from the Big Sky Conference to go? Well, that has changed quite drastically as we've gotten into uh, the latter part of the season here. Right now, though, the Montana Grizzlies are the team that has, you know, been, you know, projected to win the Big Sky Conference tournament. Obviously, we know there's plenty of time and games between now and then. But if that were to happen as of right now, they are slotted as the number 16 seed in the tournament, the 16th seed in the tournament. David, are you seeing it? Is this all of them? Who are you looking at where you're seeing these 16 seeds? I looked around the internet, Bleacher Report, Sports Illustrated, CBS Sports. Pretty much every expert that I read had Montana at 16. There were a handful that had them as a 15 seed. Well, here's the thing. Here's the, the reason to me that that's the case. And David, you know as much if not more about this than anybody but they have no signature wins in terms of the larger national scope of things and they have one signature loss and they're coming from a conference that after having been up into about the middle of the nation in terms of the Ken Palm rankings of of you know conference and RPI and all that kind of stuff the Big Sky Conference I don't know where they're slotted this season but they're going to be in the bottom quarter maybe the bottom fifth I mean they might be they might be 27th, 28th out of 32, they might be 30th 
you know, in terms of the national recognition for the conference and the, the strength of schedule. And so the team coming out of that is already going to have no respect. So if they haven't been able to generate that on their own, they go play five, you know, major power five schools and then you get new mexico and omaha in there i guess four high major schools and then new mexico which is still a, a major program and then omaha and and they lost all of them and those aren't bad losses at all but they didn't do anything to prove that they are you know sort of better than that now anybody who's following the university of montana the men's program understands the progression that this team has made since that time and all the freshmen the minutes that were being played and organizing that stuff out but you add to that a loss at home to an NAIA school, I mean, it's just what it is. I mean, you're already, you're talking about the two best years in terms of combined years in the history of the program translated to 15, a 14 seed and a 15 seed. By the way, hi, Coulter. Hello. Montana was a 14 seed and then a 15 seed, and it was a 14-3 and then a 15-2 against Michigan, right? The two last two years. They yep. won a 15 both years. No. Nope. But nonetheless, so they got a 14 seed two years ago, a 15 seed last year, played the same school both years. And no, it doesn't surprise me that right now they're projected as a 16 seed because of all the all the reasons that I highlighted. What do you think? Do you think that's a reasonable spot for them to be? Well, the thing you got to remember is that in these tournament projections, this – so much of the teams that get at large berths, it's going to be determined by the conference tournament because there's so many leagues, not so many, there's a handful of leagues that you don't have to win the tournament to make the big dance. Right. And so you never know when a potential number one seed gets upset in the you know the quarterfinals of the conference tournament, and now all of a sudden there are three. Or the team that was projected to be a fifth seed because they're the fourth team out of the ACC – they get upset. Or, conversely, they make a run all the way to the title game, and then they, their seed goes up or down. So this is kind of like if everything went chalk. Right. The seed that the big skies projected to get in my 14 years covering the league now has been lower 100% of the time than the seed that they actually get, or it's been spot on. Mm. It's never been higher, though. And that's the state of the league well, in terms of the respect. The you know what I'm saying? Like Absolutely. The, the, the big guys. So if you're projected as a 16 seed, that's. I think that is. Um, it's not good for the league because again, it's always been about what they project. It's hardly ever been higher. So right. I don't know. I, I think to me, in terms of if Montana was to win the Big Sky tournament and get the seat, get the uh, the bid to the Big Dance. To me, it's way more about where they get sent and who they might play than what seed they actually get. Would you agree with me? projections had them in the Midwest against Kansas. See, like that's a terrible draw. Well, it's terrible. Yeah, you think so? It's terrible. Look, if you but, have but, a 16 so, seed, you have a terrible draw. No, that totally, is the totally, point. totally. But if you're the 16 seed going to play likely in the state of Kansas against right. Kansas, that is a way worse draw than going to Spokane to play Gonzaga. Of course. But I guess here's what I, here's here's my thing, though. To your point on on upsets in the tournament, let's take the MEAC, for example. Okay, Norfolk State is 9-2. and two. They're on the top of the MEAC. Say they're the one seed in the MEAC tournament, okay, but they get upset by Morgan State, who's the four seed, who goes on to win the whole thing. Now, all of a sudden, a team that in a projection like this that we're right. talking about that would have been ahead of Montana potentially – Okay. All of a sudden, the four seed is not going to be ahead of Montana if Montana is the one seed in the Big Sky, and so the upset in the small one bid leagues, 
will push up the top seeds in the in the quote unquote like leads into a place where you might end up in a 15 seed. I mean, listen, if you are a 16 seed, you need about six upsets in other small school leagues or you know in order to bolster yourself up two slots, two lines to like a 14 seed. That's highly unlikely. Okay, but you certainly could get to a spot where you move up if you if you if you're able to win the tournament and get yourself into maybe a 15 seed. But like you said, I mean, playing Gonzaga in Spokane is a certainly better scenario than playing Kansas in Topeka. But at the end of the day, here's the thing to me. We've talked about this a lot about the 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 neutral site and creating an atmosphere that is more like what it is in a tournament game. And so you get definitively or what you hope is definitively the best team, at least at that time, who's able to win on the strength of just basketball, not riding a wave of enthusiasm from a home crowd or whatever that might be. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do. So I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. At the end of the day, barring something completely remarkable like 30 wins. I mean, you would really need to have 30 wins as a Big Sky Conference team. You're just going to have to go in and upset the absolute socks off of somebody. See, I disagree. Yes, you it will. Does, it doesn't take 30 wins, though. It takes one marquee win. You have to have one win that makes the country turn their head. Let me ask Eastern you Washington got the best seed that any team from the Big Sky has gotten this decade when they got a 13 seed and they had to go play Xavier. That was a way better draw. Again, we're, we're, we're talking, <laughs> saying it's a better draw to go play Xavier. It's not a good draw, but it's better than going to play Arizona in Phoenix like North Dakota had to a couple years ago. But why did Eastern get that seed? Why were they one spot up? Because they won at Assembly Hall. They beat Indiana. Okay. When the Grizz got the 12 seed, why? Because they beat Stanford and Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Those two wins turn heads. you got to just win the one game. Those Grizz teams were not 30-win teams. That team that won a game in the tournament, they didn't even win the league. They didn't even get second in the league. They were the third place team in the Big Sky that year, but they won the tournament at NAU, and then they got the 12 seed because of the Stanford victory, and they got a favorable draw in Nevada. I guess, and and I accept that. Like, that's fine. But also, it, it matters what a marquee win is. I mean, that group beat Pitt, who didn't win a game in the ACC. Totally. It's not a marquee win. Exactly. Okay, so that's, so just so we're clear, a marquee win means, beat, means beating something like a tournament team from a high major conference or something close to that as opposed to like if if this Montana team would have beat Stanford 
I, you know, it, that's not going to carry any weight, even though it's a Pac-12 victory for the Montana Grizzlies on the road. You know, I mean, I, I don't, well, I don't know. Actually, Stanford's do. a good is better than people expected. Stanford's mm-hmm. a borderline bubble team this okay. year. Mm. My my guy who has season tickets to the Oregon Ducks, who follows the Pac-12, says that the Pac-12 is going to get between four and five teams in, and that's going to depend on Stanford and Oregon State. David, how many teams do you think Pac-12 is going to get? At least three. And, w- and would you agree, depending on how the league finishes, that Stanford and Oregon State could also play their way into the tournament? Oregon State, no chance. Stanford has a small chance. I you mean, think, you think if Oregon State got to 21 wins, they had no chance still? With a yeah, win at Oregon? They'd have to go to the semifinal of the conference tournament or See, something but, along those th- that's, that's what I'm talking about. When, when you say play your way in, but that's, not, I, that's that, how I envision it. Play your way in in the tournament. Totally. Where you find yourself for sure in a semifinal and 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 maybe even more in a in a championship type of game. Uh the point is though Coulter for this Grizzly team you got no marquee wins and a loss at home to an NAIA school. And that is just I mean that is you're, you there's no recovering from that if you're looking for a quote unquote seed. At the end of the day on a team like this in a season like this, you're going to get a matchup against Best case scenario, the number nine team in the nation. And worst case scenario, the number one team in the nation or the number two team in the nation. And you're going to have to go in there and just pull an absolute, you know, who did it? Who beat Virginia? Uh, Baltimore Mar- County. Baltimore County, Maryland. Mar- University of Maryland, Baltimore yeah, County. Yeah, UMBC. Yeah. You get, that's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to do something that is completely, uh, uh, you know, amazing. So here's where Nearly I, unprecedented. Here's where I'm at with the Grizz, though. I think that the last two years, they had a bunch of guys who got recruited, and in the case of Ahmad Rory and Donovan Dorsey and Kendall Manuel, played at Power 5 schools. Yep. They had guys that were not scared of those matchups whatsoever, mm-hmm. but also guys that I thought, I think that really believed that they could compete but then I think, ironically, felt the pressure of knowing they could be able to compete. Ahmad Rory played in very few basketball games in his life where he had to embrace the underdog mentality. Mm-hmm. What did Bridget tell us after the game on Saturday? Got a bunch of guys with chips on their we shoulder. We got a bunch of dudes with chips on their shoulder. Mm-hmm. We heard everybody say we weren't going to win the league this year. We heard everybody doubting us. To me, that's a mentality shift. That's way different than... I mean, la- the last two years, it's basically been almost... You're just trying to avoid a cataclysmic failure, and that is a recipe for a loss. Even losing, but Montana has had to deal with, man, if you guys don't go undefeated in conference play, you're not fulfilling your potential. Now, every win that they stack is icing on the cake. Right. What if this team goes 17 and 3? What if they win out? They'll have (laughs) a better conference record, more conference wins than they did each of the last two years. Granted, the league is not as good, Mm -hmm. certainly, but. I don't know, man. I think that this team has a way better chance of having an underdog mentality, and I think that's what you need. Yes. Last year's draw was one of the worst draws in the history of the tournament, and that's not hyperbole. Because Montana, when you just hear Montana, you say, you say, oh, that's the team from the big sky that usually makes it. But I think you expect them to be a lot different than what they were last year. Montana's guards, particularly, were high major level athletic Michael Ogin and Ahmad Rory are as athletic of a backcourt as you could have found in college basketball last year. Yes. And that element of surprise did surprise Michigan the first time they played. And not 
last yeah. last time they played, they were like, well, we know exactly what these guys can do. Yeah. Don't let number zero get to the backside alley-oop. Just smash him every time he goes to the rim. Yeah. Make number 14 take the contested mid-range jumper because that's what he would. That's what he'll take, and yeah. that's what those guys did, and, and they had a really hard time finding flow. I think that you could have a way better underdog mentality because that's what it takes. You have to put the pressure on the top seed. I think Montana, even though they were a 15 seed last year, felt a ton of pressure themselves, and that's a very rare scenario for a 15 totally. seed. Yeah, I, I I really agree with that. I mean, the fact that there's the fact that there was back to back matchups against the same team is is, I mean, <laughs> I think it's only happened twice in tournament history. It's it's unconscionable, man. Like I don't know if it's an oversight or a deliberate something. Or well, I, I mean, just, we we heard from terrible. We heard from somebody on the tournament committee that basically admitted that they wanted to seed Montana as a 15 against Michigan State, and they screwed it up. Well, I I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's it, it, you know. It's 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 no prize in any case, but I mean you're right. I mean playing Michigan twice is is just. I mean it's it's not fun, man. It's not interesting for Michigan. It's, it's not, not interesting, interesting for, for Montana, right? You know, and 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 you know, I don't know. I also think that there's Bobby Moorhead when he was in studio, former University of Montana basketball player. He yeah. talked about this when he was in here last week. He talked about how there is a distinct difference in the way that basketball is played, especially in the Midwest, in the Big Ten as it is on the West Coast, Gonzaga has blue chippers. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. But they're a West Coast team. So is Montana. Yeah. So you can get into an up-and-down battle, and then maybe you can make some threes and put some pressure on them. When you're banging with the Big Ten like Michigan, you just don't have a chance. Yeah. Jamarco, if he would have been able to play in the tournament last year, he would not have been any sort of an advantage for Montana because Michigan has three guys that are 6'10 or taller. Right, right. If you go against Gonzaga, they have really athletic big guys. Tilly can step outside and shoot it. He's going to the NBA, but he's not the seven foot tall bruiser who's going to protect the rim like some of the Big Ten guys. I, I just think that the matchup's distinctly Wagner. different. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, look, yeah, there's, 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 there's credence to a lot of that stuff. I mean, at this point, I don't know that Gonzaga is the difference between Xavier and Gonzaga. Is it, it, let's put it like this: I don't think there's a difference anymore between Gonzaga and the power, the the high major top shelf top ten teams in the country in terms of what they bring to the table. There may be a little bit of difference in the way that they do it, but they can recruit every body and every athleticism that they want in Spokane right now. Xavier, I don't know that Xavier can even when they are a top fifteen top ten team in the nation. I mean, it's 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 not the same thing as a Michigan State, a Kansas, whatever the case may be. And it, it comes down so much to the big guys. Right. Because you just, you even the middle of the road Power 5 teams, you're going to get a couple guys that play in the front court that make it so that Montana can't play guys like Jared Samuelson and Mac Anderson. So then your rotation and your depth is shot. Whereas if you play an up and down type team, even if they have substantially better athleticism than you, you can still get away with playing those guys for some minutes. To tell Nuwana's 1029 ESPN Radio. Think about when Montana played Arizona last year. Arizona finished as a middle-of-the-road Pac-12. I don't even think Arizona made the tournament last year, did yeah. they? No, I don't think so. But they had that Chase Jeter kid who he's just unlike anybody in the big sky, and he, just, sure. went, he just went nuts. Right. And I mean, yeah, this, it's, you're going to have it. It's Two Tell Nuwana's 1029 ESPN Radio. 
You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home even when you're not. We go now to the Raggage Brothers RV phone line, and we welcome in the head coach of the Montana State men's basketball team, Danny Sprinkle. And, Coach, you go 2-0 and over the weekend. You get the season sweep of both the Idaho State Bengals and, for the first time since 2005, Weber State as well. You get to 8-6. and six. You're in the fourth spot. Everything looking up right now. How big was that weekend to just put two wins together and get yourself in a spot that you want to be? Yeah, it was huge. You know, it it was huge because it it meant a lot kind of in the standings. There's a lot of us kind of jumbled up in the middle of the in the middle of the standings and you know to you know to take care of our home court was huge and uh you know obviously to get a you know the first sweep over Weber State I think we've had since like 2004 or something like that, you know, was you know always always good to, you know when you're building a program, but you know we still got we still got six games left and uh and and the six games we have are brutal. You know, we got the three home games are against, you know, three of the top teams in the conference, and the three road games are typical Big Sky travel, you know, at Sac State, at NAU. I mean, it's, it's, it's at Portland State this Thursday. So we got our work cut out for us, you know, these last six games. Coach, every time you guys have had a great home win, you always put on Twitter thanks to the fans because you guys have really had a good turnout so far this year in terms of making a home court advantage at the brick. So, I mean, what, how much of it has that contributed? And it seems like you got, your guys are particularly having a pretty good time when they're playing at home. Yeah, it, it's huge. You know, I mean, I think that's what makes the big sky tough is if you can have a great home court advantage, I mean, you look over the years, you know, the best teams usually have the best home courts. You know I mean? It's, it's tough to go to Weber State and win. It's tough to go to Montana and win. You know, Eastern at time, Northern Colorado, you know, those teams, like it's, it's hard to win on the road, especially when you're traveling. And then, you know, when the, when the home crowd's bringing that energy, you know, I mean, I, I, I really believe it gives you five or six points a game. We've talked all year about this race, this league title race, and the race for seeding. And it seemed like it was in the distant future for a long time. <clears throat> now, here we are coming down the stretch. And like you said, you just got three at home, three on the road. The end is, is near, and you guys are sitting alone in fourth place. So what do you think of... The work your guys have done so far to get to eight and six in league play, but then how do you focus on each game one at a time while still keeping the the larger prizes that are on the horizon in perspective? Yeah, I mean that's 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 the hard part as a coach, you know, is keeping these guys focused and not, you know, because once you get to the end of the year, you know, everybody can kind of sniff that, you know, the Big Sky tournament, and uh, you know, the teams that can really stay on task and just, you know, just try to grind out every day. You know, what what do we got to do today in practice to get better? And a lot of it is building up towards that tournament. But, you know, I mean, we still got, you know, this week's brutal. You know, going to Portland State on Thursday and flying back Friday and playing the Grizz here. You know, I mean, we're playing two of the, you know, top teams in this league. And, and uh, you know, so it's 
we just have to, you know, just get a little bit better. And we, we still got a lot of stuff we got to clean up, you know, offensively and defensively to, to give ourselves a chance to make a run to where we want to get to. Danny Sprinkle joining us, the head coach of the Montana State men's basketball team. And coach, with the emergence this season of Jabril Bello and then the the kind of getting back from injury for, for DK, when you got those two bigs starting in your starting lineup, what does that give you? Because there's not a lot of teams that have that sort of size and length even anywhere on their roster to, to say anything of in their starting five. Yeah, I mean, it, it does. And, and, you know, there's been some games where both of them have played great, you know, and usually when those two do play well down low, you know, we're pretty successful. Um, but, you know, we still have, you know, the one thing, even Borja Fernandez, who, you know, he's only six seven, but he's a lot thicker than DK. And offensively, you know, he's a better scorer. Now, DK's probably our best ball screen defender. And just his length, like he can guard a little bit on the perimeter too, which gives us a great advantage when he's in the game. Um, even when we go to our zone and things like that, just his length. But, you know, it, it does give us, you know, a little bit of a size advantage at times over people. And, uh, and, and we need every advantage we can get. I'm a little thicker than DK too, just for the record. <laughs> you know, I mean, just just for what it's worth. If you need me to set a screen or something, you let me know. Uh, Man, we do. We're going to need you Thursday and Saturday. Now, coach, you you have these two great wins. The weekend before, you had a big win and a big loss in terms of the final the final margin. Yep. What do you need to see out of your team, or how, do you feel like you've turned a corner in terms of the consistency with which your group is playing with? I think so. You know, I, I think, you know, after the debacle in Missoula, you know, we, we've had, you know, we got after him pretty good in practice. And we, you know, and I told our guys, you know, and I was being honest, like 13 of the 14 days up until last Saturday, like we'd gotten better, you know, other than the Eastern Washington deal. The other 13 days, you know, we were good. We had great energy. We had spirited practices. Like guys were engaged. And, and we played well in those games, you know. And obviously Eastern Washington, that game just got away from us, but. You know, we have to continue to do that to have a chance to be successful. You know, we realize we're not we're not the most talented team, uh, we're not the most experienced team. You know, and we're not the biggest or most physical. So, like, we we have to do kind of those detailed things and those little things, you know, to give ourselves a chance to win games at the end. This week, then, completely atypical. Something that you and your team have never experienced: having to go on the road on a Thursday before then coming home for the rematch of the rivalry game. What do you think of this dynamic and talk about having to have your guys focus on the task at hand first. How do you manage the hype of a cat Grizzly when you do have to go on the road to play a tough Portland state team? Yeah. I mean, it, it's hard. Cause I mean, as you guys know, I mean, just being in Montana, it's all people talk about and, uh, and it is a big rivalry, but you know, Thursday, Thursday's a huge game, you know, for the standings, you know, Portland state's playing really good basketball right now. I mean, they, you know, they, they handled Idaho pretty good last night and, you know, they're kind of getting back to full strength with a couple guys that have been injured. So, you know, we, we got our work cut out for us on Thursday, and then, you know, then we got to turn our sights to uh, to Montana for Saturday's game. And, you know, they, they went through the exact same thing early in the year. You know, I mean, they, they had to go to Portland State and then come back before we played them in Missoula. And so, you know, it's kind of a – it's an even playing field. And I, you know, hopefully I can do as good a job as Coach Takir did before they played us up there. <laughs> so – keeping this guy focused and he does you know he does a tremendous job and you know when you played Portland State it was it was one of the great games of the season honestly in the Big Sky Conference too you know what could have been game winners in both directions go in and they got the last one what what's going to tip the balance in this game Thursday well I mean that game was it was one of the best games you know in the Big Sky until about 
four seconds left in the game. Right. You know, and then, <laughs> then I was not so happy. But it, uh, you know, they they play such a, you know, I, I love their style of play. I mean, they're they're erratic. They fly all over the place. They're athletic. Uh, you know, it's hard to run offense against them because they're just flying around trapping. Uh, you have to, you have to be able to play in chaos, you know, and you have to make some shots. Um, but you know, the one thing you have to do is you cannot turn the ball over against them. If you turn the ball over, they're going to, they're going to capitalize. They're going to get easy baskets and then, you know, they, they score it too easy. And, uh, you know, and then offensive rebounding, I think they're the third, they're number three in the country in offensive rebounds per game. And so if you can let, you know, if you can take care of the ball and limit their second shots, you know, that's, that's how you have to beat them. Well, coach, we appreciate your time as always, especially on such a big week. Great. Uh, best of luck to you in, in Portland. And we'll look forward to seeing you on Saturday in Bozeman. You got it. Appreciate you fellas. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Several veteran quarterbacks have been rumored to be either moving or retiring or returning to their teams, whatever the case may be. In this case, we know 66% of this equation of these three quarterbacks. Uh, Drew Brees officially today returning or saying that he's going to return for another run at it uh, with the New Orleans Saints. Phillip Rivers officially not returning to the Los Angeles Chargers and is a free agent. We'll see where he ends up. And, of course, Thomas Brady, who, uh, you know, is out there swirling in the breeze, and we will see what comes of him. The question here isn't where they would go. The question here is this. You are a Minnesota Vikings fan. I am a Green Bay Packers fan. Don't worry about the fact that, you, you know, of the quarterbacks that are currently on the team. Of these three guys veteran guys for one season this season with the team as constructed or as it's going to be constructed after the draft and so forth in Minneapolis, St. Paul, and in Green Bay, Wisconsin, which quarterback would you want on this team for your team this next season? Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers. On the Vikings? That's right. Any of them. Keep naming them. <laughs> Name all the quarterbacks in the league. I'd rather have them now, than Kirk Cousins. Now, hey, listen. Okay, so. No, I, I straight up, I'm being serious. I would rather have Dak Prescott. I don't even think Dak Prescott's good. I'd rather have, I mean, it's a pretty good coin flip for me, for Mitch Trubisky and Kirk Cousins, but Trubisky's younger, so I'd probably take him. That uh, is cer- blasphemous. I would certainly take, uh, I would certainly take Matt Stafford. Okay, these three are the three on the list. We know you hate Kirk Cousins. Drew, the answer is Drew Brees. 
I'm amazed you said that. Uh, really? Yeah. The I mean, other two, not, the other two guys took noticeable steps back I'm, this year. I'm not amazed at that. Let's let's start here. Without question, the third and last choice is Philip Rivers. Okay, Philip Rivers was an interception throwing machine, and it just it's it's just not there for Philip Rivers, as far as I'm concerned. Okay, so this is a two horse race between Tom Brady and Drew Brees, and I thought you were going to say Tom Brady because he's the the the, the winner. Listen. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's that controversial. Maybe, and there's certainly people who would disagree with me because there's people who can disagree with you about anything. But to, I, I think it's not that controversial to say at this point in time, from a quarterbacking standpoint, Drew Brees is a better quarterback than Tom Brady and Kirk Cousins. The bitterness. There are no depths to plumb in the bitterness for for quarterback and for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Drew Brees is the best of these three guys. But, but. He's a one-time Super Bowl winner. He is. And if you're talking about getting it done and you, you talk about the mentality and what you do for, you know, for your team and bringing all the guys up and the great decision-making, the great mind, the great competitiveness, and nobody's saying that Drew Brees doesn't have a great intellect for the game, have a great competitiveness and, and grind for the game. You can't do what he's done and not have those things. But that is where Tom Brady has always sort of set himself apart, right, is in this insatiable competitiveness that expresses itself through work, practice, preparation, and so on, okay? So I thought, you know, in a one-season scenario where you got great pieces and good pieces all around you, you know, that that you would maybe say Tom Brady, when you're talking about, okay, let's try and get Minnesota their first-ever Super Bowl win, okay? I, though, am 100% with you. I mean, I, I would take this season Drew Brees, in Green Bay, if I'm picking between these three, and say, let's you know, let's go, let's see what happens because his his arm to me is is not the whip that it was seven eight years ago, but he still can sling it if he needs to. But in any case, his accuracy is as accurate as I, as as it's ever been. He's as one far of the most accurate passers in NFL history of all time. But even in relation to himself, he's sure. still very accurate now, yep. even if he doesn't have the same, exactly the same zip. And by the way, his down the field passing has always been better than Tom Brady, who's that's never been his quote unquote strength as a quarterback. Except for when he had Randy Moss. Well, right. But if I had Randy Moss, I would just sit back there and punt the ball down the field and say, hey, go run underneath this and go score it a touchdown. You know? So a little different deal there. Uh, but in any case, I mean, that's, that is, I, I'm with you on this and I'm surprised. I, I guess I am not surprised, but I, I thought you might say Tom Brady for all those reasons, but you're with Drew Brees. So I guess we agree. David, you are a Houston Texans fan. What's your opinion? Who of these three do you want? I'm taking Phillip Rivers all day. I want my team to be interesting and I don't care if that means that I, I get three interceptions, two touchdowns they lose 21 to 17 because rivers went down the field i want it to be interesting i want to be enthralled each and every sunday is it interesting to blow every single fourth quarter lead you've ever had or not be able to win any prime time football you're games? describing all of houston sports anyway <laughs> all right <laughs> all right deshaun watson for kurt cousins straight up bam now you're even more interested in the texans no uh-uh Oh no, no no no! Here's the you thing: you can't just give me Kirk Cousins. You know well, what's right? I just I don't want him anymore. You know what Kirk Cousins? Well, you're stuck with him. Ugh. 
It's only a three-year contract. You know, you know why you hate Kirk Cousins? Um, I think this is a good point. That David because he makes, reminds no, no. you so much of yourself. No. <laughs> no. Zero percent. Because Kirk Cousins I, I know and what I have actually nothing in common, back. I don't think. He's not interesting. Like, to, to David's point, you know what? If we're going to lose eight winnable games, at least let there be drama. But Kirk Cousins is drama-free and not interesting and not winning, generally. I mean, yeah. they had... They and, he's, and he's just corny. They did soft. They did and overrated. The and he's everything. They beat the Saints. I agree. I I was there. I watched it. I was yeah. jumping up and down on the couch. Yeah. Okay. So uh, beat Drew Brees, your boy, who you want now to come in and replace him. It's interesting to think that Dalvin Cook. What, what do you think? Who is Dalvin? Would Dalvin Cook be the best running back Tom Brady's ever played with? Uh, I'd have to go back a little bit. I because mean, because the, the top three are Corey Dillon. Yeah. So is Dalvin Cook and Corey Dillon. I don't know who's better. Corey Dillon had more longevity. Well, so I mean, far, Dalvin Cook's he's only been in the young. league for three yes. years. Yes. And then Kevin Falk and James White. Those guys aren't traditional running backs. They're pass catching running backs. Yeah, I mean Corey Corey Dillon's probably the best. The the the, the difference is is that don't sell mm, Danny Woodhead short. Yeah. Mm. I mean Sony Michelle even though he fell off the last six weeks of the season or so, and it was kind of like, well, what's going on here? He looked like he had the potential to be in the maybe Dalvin Cook's you know, conversation in terms of, of what he is. Now, who knows? I mean, the reason is, it, it, well before it became sort of the norm to do this, Bill Belichick is playing stable community-style running back and so there isn't a guy who stood out. But if you look back and look at productivity by position, I think you could say that New England has always, you know, Tom Brady has always benefited from a very effective running game, even if there hasn't been the dude who's been sure. back there making it happen. Um, so, I, I, you know, f- that's why for my money, if Tom Brady or Drew Brees went to Minnesota, would they be better? little bit would it matter enough to make them like to put them over some hump where all of a sudden they're nfc and super bowl contenders no and the reason is because what makes new england a super bowl contender each and every year is their head coach more than their quarterback and so (laughs) you're just gonna die on this hill on the six rings and nine appearances hill? Yes, that's the hill I'll die If on, and sure. when Bill Belichick is the one that gets forced out of New England and then New England wins another title, will you stand down? You think that's impossible? You think that's an impossible scenario? That makes I, no sense. I, I think How this can is, Bill Belichick get forced out I think of New this England is the and win a title? Worst no, I'm saying Tom Brady wins sports. a title with New England without Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. This is This is... If that were to happen, I would stand down on this. Okay. Okay. This is the worst like belief that you have about sports. I don't think that Tom Brady will win a title again, period. Let no, alone no, no, no. With, not that. Let alone with Belichick or not. But I do think that Bill Belichick will be the first to leave of that of if there's a split in the partnership. It's it's just beyond belief that you think that. Why? That you really think that. Why? How is that beyond belief? You Roger just, Kraft is on the record multiple times saying that Tom Brady is his son. Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady. You just said, you just said, okay, that Tom Brady has taken a significant step back. He has. Doesn't mean he doesn't think he's immortal. Doesn't mean he's going to try to play for five, six, eight more years. You mean him and every other professional athlete that's ever played pro sports? Yeah, but Tom Brady is even more delusional. But 
But it's not up to Tom Brady. It's up to the GM, who also happens to be Bill Belichick. Mm. And it's up to Robert Kraft, certainly, who is the owner. And even though Robert Kraft loves Tom Brady as a son, and I believe all of that, okay? I'm not saying that ain't true. At the end of the day, you know whose skills diminish? Not the coach. The coach's skills don't diminish. The players do. And so that's it. He is staying there, or they're both gone. But there is no scenario in which... They don't get along. There's this, quote, divorce or whatever, and it's the coach that has to go and the 40-whatever-year-old quarterback who gets to remain for whatever swan song he has left in him. There's That That will never happen. Never. Stutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Hour one in the books. What a great hour it was. If you missed anything in the first hour, check it out on the podcast. The podcast available wherever you get your podcasts. They're on, uh, you know, the Apple Podcast, the Spotify's, the Transistors, the Twitches, all the things. Just uh, check out Two Tail Nuanas, rate, subscribe, enjoy. Uh, it's available there thanks to the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel and Blackfoot Communications. Hour number two, straight ahead. Ty Gregorak, talk to me about CU. Ty next. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 